I'm Aaron Titus. This is the Privacy Podcast, show 13, and this one's going to be a little different. I'm going to tell you what happened as I came home from a business trip from the Netherlands last week. This podcast is about just three things. First, it's about the fact that the Department of Homeland Security should not have the authority to track the movement of United States citizens once they arrive in the country simply because they once fell into the broad class of international traveler. Second, I want to talk about how some homeland security policies and tactics are more about intimidation and looking good at some future congressional hearing than they are about national security. And third, the podcast is about a growing culture of lawlessness and intimidation, which is emerging as a result of expanding executive power in the name of national security. I want to be clear that this podcast is not about homeland security officers overstepping their statutory authority, acting irrationally, or with undue force. This podcast is not about what the law currently says, but about what it should be. At the beginning of March 2007, I took a five-day business trip to the Netherlands, to a little town called Ada. Because of our work schedule, I made no purchases except for meals. I returned to the United States with no purchased goods, and I carried less than $40 in cash, including euros. Everyone entering the United States must complete a blue customs form 6059B, declaring the value of the items that you're bringing into the United States. The form is mandatory and includes your full name, birth date, family members who are traveling with you, your passport numbers, and other information. I filled out the form completely inaccurately, except for lines 4A and 4B. These lines are entitled, quote, street address, hotel name, destination. And that's where I objected. Specifically, I don't think the Department of Homeland Security should have the authority to track movements of the United States citizens once they have entered the United States, simply because they were once members of a broad class of international travelers. But Form 6059B does just that. The TSA should certainly be allowed to identify a person, or be reasonably certain that a person does not pose a threat to the United States. But tracking movements of citizens goes too far. So, I did something a little rash. I decided to refuse to write my destination street address. I knew that I was asking for trouble, and ironically I knew that simply falsifying the address would satisfy the customs officers. Of course that's ironic since it renders the address lines ineffective anyway. But of course, I did not falsify any information. I just simply left the lines blank. I presented the form to the first officer, who expressed annoyance that I didn't fill out the form properly. She ordered me to fill in lines 4A and B. I politely refused. She informed me that it was mandatory, and that, quote, even the President of the United States must do it. Of course, whether the President had to fill out these lines or not isn't the point. The question is whether the President or any other citizen should have to allow their movements to be tracked once they enter the United States. Of course, I didn't bother getting into that discussion with the officer, though. Instead, I politely refused again. She called her supervisor. Immediately, four officers were at my side. A supervisor questioned me further. I again politely refused to write my destination on the form. He wrote a large C on my customs form and told me to proceed. I collected my baggage and was directed to Line C for secondary processing. When I arrived, I looked around at Lines A, B, and C. I don't know if I was the only United States citizen in those lines, but of the more than a dozen people in those lines, I was certainly the only Caucasian. The secondary officer was a little more pushy and insisted on calling me boss man until I told him that 
I'm not the boss, you are, after which he dropped the epithet. He asked, Look, boss man, where did you travel? The Netherlands. If you refused to tell them where you were going in Amsterdam, they'd put you on the next plane home, boss man. He said, If you went to London and you pulled this crap, they'd send you home. If you traveled anywhere in the world and you pulled this crap, boss man, they'd send you home. So, I replied, send me home. Of course, the point was that I was home. The difference between me in the United States versus Amsterdam or London is that I'm a citizen. I recognize that when I travel to other countries, I'm a guest in those countries, and I have only the rights they choose to give me. But it's a different story when I'm in my home country. I am a citizen. An officer corrected me. You are an international traveler. I respectfully refused again and again and again to write my destination on the form, but I answered all other questions completely, correctly, and respectfully. I explained that I was going home and that my home was in the Washington, D.C. area. The interrogating officer directed me to place my bags on a conveyor belt where he did a complete search of the entire contents. He called his supervisor, and I immediately was surrounded by six officers for the duration of my stay at Dulles International Airport Customs. While he was doing the search, he continued to interrogate me. He temporarily confiscated my driver's license and peppered me with questions about my name, hotel in the Netherlands, hotel receipt, my current place of employment, my work phone number, my boss's name, other employees' names, the precise amount of time I had been working at my current place of employment, and so on. Occasionally he would pause to remind me that this doesn't need to be this hard, and all I had to do was fill out the form. And each time he told me how easy it would be if I just complied, I began to realize how absurd the entire ordeal was. First, they knew exactly who I was. They had my passport, my driver's license, which they temporarily confiscated, my home address, and a complete profile on me, which was required before they let me step on the plane to begin with. They had done a thorough search of my belongings and confirmed that I was truthful on my customs declaration form and that I was not carrying anything that was subject to a duty or unsafe, which was the purpose of the customs declaration form in the first place. After interrogation from two separate officers, with four others blocking all possible exit, three officers escorted me into the back room for a complete pat-down. I spread my arms and feet while an officer did a clothed pat-down of every inch of my body, including my groin area. After he was done, I asked him sincerely, So, writing my destination address on the form would make me that much less dangerous? That particular officer gave me a look that said, Hey, I'm just doing my job. These were not security measures as much as they were intimidation tactics to induce compliance. In fact, the very last thing an officer told me was, Let this be a lesson to you to comply in the future. This was unnecessary and could have been avoided if you had simply complied. Well, yeah, duh, of course. I already knew that. However, I must admit that I was a little intimidated. Though I stuck to my guns, I walked out shaken and wary of what unknown consequences await me in the future. I was expressly complicit with every order each officer gave me. I was polite and respectful at all times, mainly because I didn't want to give the six officers a reason to jump on me. I told the officers where I was going and where I had been. The only thing I refused to do was give the exact street address of my destination, which I ironically could have made up anyway. All said, they read me the riot act for 45 minutes. An officer finally wrote down my home address printed on my driver's license, and confiscated my customs declaration form for additional, special processing. Apparently this procedure is highly unusual, since the officer at the exit refused to let me leave unless I gave him the form. Which makes me wonder exactly what they were doing with that form. And now I'm an official enemy of the state. At least, 
I think I might be. So, did the officers go too far? Well, they probably didn't break any laws. In fact, I think they probably could have detained me for 24 hours if they had wanted. I frankly think that it was a good thing that I was white, articulate, and a natural-born citizen. Otherwise, I'm fairly confident I would have been subjected to additional security measures. So, what are the real problems? Well, the first problem is simple. Absent reasonable cause, Customs or the Department of Homeland Security or the federal government should not have jurisdiction to track the movements of a large class of United States citizens. But the United States government is tracking the movements of a large class of citizens the executive branch has deemed suspicious, namely, international travelers. Well, this designation is neither warranted nor logical. When the government tracks your movements, you're no longer treated as a welcome visitor, but a hostile stranger, which citizens are protected against by the Privileges and Immunities Clause of the Constitution. In addition, tracking movements of large classes of citizen chills freedom of movement, which the Supreme Court has explained as close to the heart of the individual as the choice of what he eats, wears, or reads. Freedom of movement is basic in our scheme of values. The second problem became apparent to me during my interrogation, inept security procedures. Lines 4A and 4B were worthless for identification, customs enforcement, or security profiling, mainly because they can easily be falsified. Before I landed, I knew that I could easily identify my destination address as 456 Smith Street, Rancho Cordova, North Carolina. Well, never mind that Rancho Cordova isn't even in North Carolina. I have much less problem identifying myself by my name and passport number. But giving my destination address doesn't help identify me, and it certainly doesn't tell you what's in my bags. The public gains nothing while the individual loses constitutional freedoms. In addition, the additional security tactics, such as a full-body search, intense interrogation, and full-baggage search, were logically unrelated to my destination. They were intimidation tactics, not security tactics. Finally, a reasonable person could question the intense amount of resources directed at this particular problem, namely six officers for 45 minutes. The third problem is the rising culture of lawlessness and intimidation as a result of expanding executive power in the name of national security. Now, I don't believe that the officers acted with undue force. They did not abuse or beat me. However, the entire thrust of the exercise was intimidate me into compliance with a form, even though they had all relevant information. I could have simply written down 456 Smith Street and walked away. The point of the security measures should be security. When I speed, I know the consequences. If I break a criminal law, the punishments are well documented in law and courts. But what are the consequences of defying a Homeland Security officer? Remember that my customs form was retained for special processing. What does that process entail? And what are the consequences? I mean, they won. They got everything that they wanted, including my home address for my driver's license, but they still found it necessary to create a profile for me. What could they possibly record about that experience? Do I now have a profile that says, Aaron Titus is a know-it-all pain in the butt? Or more frightening, perhaps it says, Aaron Titus willfully disobeys direct orders of TSA officers? Or worse, perhaps there's just a nondescript red flag that will have an effect on my freedom of movement in perpetuity. What is the effect of this episode? How long will the consequences last? How wide will the consequences spread? Who will have access to the information and what information is in my profile? Do I have a profile? Do I have due process? Am I an enemy of the state? Of course, the answers to all of those questions, unlike any other law, is, I don't know.
So, it's official. I'm an enemy of the state. Or at least I think I am. I don't know. I may not find out until it's too late. And that's the scariest, most intimidating, lawless part of all. So I'd like to know what you think. Were my actions justified, just stupid, or both? Is the law just or inappropriate? I also want to know what you think the long-term consequences of my actions will be. More importantly, what do you think they should or shouldn't be? Well, to be honest, part of me is curious and part of me is scared at what unknown consequences await me from refusing to fill out lines 4A and 4B on a customs form. But in the end, I would rather find out what the consequences are, legal or otherwise, rather than live in fear and intimidation of my own government. The only way to overcome fear is to confront it, and at least I can honestly say that I respect the law enough to accept the consequences of my action, even if the consequences are illegal or unjust. So for today's privacy tip, beware of the Department of Homeland Security, especially if you're not a U.S. citizen, because they can eat you alive. And beware even if you are a U.S. citizen, because you're treated as an international traveler, which is apparently a step down from a citizen, and they can still eat you alive. Well, email me, privacy at aarontitus.net, if you have any thoughts on today's episode. Music today was 001-1 Acoustic Guitar by Plastic Soul, online at podsafemusicnetwork.com. Sort of live and sleep-deprived from my closet, I'm Aaron Titus. <laughs>